Impenetrable Fortress podcast. I'm Alan Jackaway, and sitting across from me in the mobile studio, Mr. James Bunnell and guest, special guest, Eagles expert, Nate Echas. Nate, James, how are you? Doing pretty well. How are you this evening, Alan? Pretty good. I'm doing well as well. That's good. We are, uh, well, well, well. Having our favorite episode of the podcast every year, doing our Washington versus Philadelphia. We're doing it a little late because we had to to wrangle guests and all that but uh it's gonna be fine because it's not like this team these teams matter anyway right no it's not like no and furthermore i don't think that there's a whole lot of fantasy decisions so many people are making at this point in the year probably not i mean we're up to playoffs so if you are making decisions they're pretty important that's That's true true. i guess i was just speaking for myself (laughs) (laughs) oh and my team this week (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk about shortly. All right, I think we should once again start with the guest. That means Nate hit us with a limerick about the greatest football team, Philadelphia Eagles. I thought, oh, I'm sorry. I was confused. About the Miami and the Dolphins, the greatest football team? Yes, oh, that was specifically great. it. But I, I heard it from the great gentleman scholar Tallahassee Payne. <laughs> It's true, we did hear that. Oh, is it Tallahassee pain? Yeah. This is something I didn't ever know. Yes, we learned this somewhat recently. Tallahassee pain. I believe the official scribe of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. But anyway, that's not who we're talking about. We did that last week, so... (laughs) I'm not exactly sure who the patron kind of cultural representative of the Eagles would be. I guess maybe the Roots? Could it... Oh, that's pretty good, actually. Bruce Springsteen, although I don't really know where he He's got to be a Jets fan, right? New Jersey is a tricky place. But, yeah, it is tricky to put yeah. Anyway, yeah, I do. I do have a limerick here. It's just for uh, this week. Kind of has a little bit of a slant on this week. So here we go. By the numbers, the defense should work. Graham, Hicks, Cox, Mills, and Jenkins are perks. If the corners are gallant, though they sometimes lack talent, they'll get a few picks off of Kirk. <laughs> that is really go. good. This is a nice. great. We've had two great guest limericks. We have. Yeah. We have to find more have, more great guests. Yeah. We know any guests. No. Not though. Not really. One next for every year. team, maybe. One for every team next yeah. year. After like <laughs> seventeen guests. Oh that man. All root for different teams. teams. Yeah. We're gonna have to make more friends, Alan. Yeah. Maybe in other cities. Anyway, <laughs> Nate, tell us about this defense. Okay. The Philadelphia Eagles defense. Um, overall. According to Football Outsiders, they're the fourth-ranked defense okay. in the believe NFL. That. Yeah, uh, fourth against the pass, ninth against the run, and they have supposedly had the hardest schedule, and um, they have the third-worst variance. So they're thirtieth in basically consistency. So something about this defense is uh, really good, and then really bad, <laughs> and then um, yeah, and then when they end up. Uh, with a not very good record, but that might be not all the defense's story. Yeah. They may be. I was I was listening to, to Pro Football Focus earlier this week, and they also commented that the Eagles might be the team whose record least reflects their uh, ability level in all of football this, well, this, this season. Well, Football Outsiders had them number one overall for weeks. Yeah. 
the over the whole team, not the defense specifically, but they had a number one for a long time, and then it started kind of falling off as the team has sort of. You can only put a, a team apart. that loses that many games on on top for so long before. Now, yeah. uh, now, so I I go back and forth on this because if if it really is true that they're just a super high variance team and that their talent level really is the best in football, then they should be ranked number one forever, right? It's not, but uh, I think the the pressures of the industry don't let you put a team like that at number one for, you know, so long yeah. just because people are too concerned with outcomes and not enough concerned with process in my humble estimation. Well, something I actually chose not to watch was the um, offense's uh, uh, ranking. Um, so I think maybe in past weeks it's been better. Yeah, um, I think so. And now maybe it's worse. But just like the past couple of Eagles games, I didn't look at that. Yeah. So... The defense is more fun to watch, to yeah. be honest, at least recently. So, Absolutely, yeah. So I'm just going to lead into talking about sort of the cultural surroundings of the Eagles in the Philadelphia and the fans and media, okay. um, which is kind of a complicated relationship for me. I would say that to them, probably the biggest mistake the Eagles made this year was beating the Steelers 34-3 to in Week 3, because mm-hmm. before that, you know, beating the Browns, beating the Bears was not anything to blow anybody away. Nobody was raising their expectations, but the Steelers were seen as a top caliber team, and then the Eagles crushed them, and then everything had to go well, and it absolutely didn't. They lost 7 of 9 after that. And so when I talk about individual players, I'm going to be talking about their excuse, because now they all have to have excuses because the media is going after them. I heard that Fletcher Cox is big on excuse right now. Fletcher Cox has <laughs> to have excuses, uh, as well as everybody else, yeah. So Fletcher Cox, number 91, um, is number 11 in your DT rankings, which is not that great. Um, yeah. But he maybe never would be expected to be all that high, although I think he was very high last year. He had he had some really good weeks last year. I was ex- I was expecting him to be pretty high. I guess is what I will say personally, but you might be biased on that. My story on that is he gets double teamed, right? People yeah. block him. They circle his number when they're doing whatever the I don't know coaching things they do. Yeah, the coaching yeah. things. They talk about Fletcher Cox and they make sure that he's not the one. They do. And um, but uh, there is a sort of narrative out there that since he got a new contract. And since he's not getting sex, that there's the story, basically, that he's Albert Hainsworth or something like that. Aha! Uh-huh. And so he has to defend himself all the time now. Um, and he says, you know, he's trying and stuff. So, <laughs> I believe him, but... I believe uh, him, too. Yeah. It seems like he's trying, but... I, yeah, I, I would say that normally I'd find it difficult to believe that a person who spent all of their like life leading up to playing professional football would get into a mindset where they didn't want to actually like be good at it. So I, I also totally believe him if he says he's trying. Yeah. Uh, he appears to favor Geno's cheesesteaks over Pat's. Okay. Okay. Um, that's that's important. important. Yeah. That's just like I never strike against him in my opinion, but, <laughs> but that's why I got on Fletcher Cox on the opposite side, the other DE We've got your eighth-ranked defensive end, which is pretty good. Yeah. Brandon Graham. Yeah. And his excuse is that they just need to go back to having more fun. I like that. The defensive line is not having as much fun as they used to earlier in the season. 
and they need to work together and have fun and not worry about the stats, and then they'll get the did, stats. Did he claim that that means on the football field, or do you think he means, like, outside in the middle of the week, like, together, buddy cop style? Both, I hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope so, too. I think a whole defensive line could have a lot of fun in different ways. I would think, I think so. If yeah. you catch me on a bad day, I would say that this argument is utterly absurd, but in my lighter moments... I completely agree, even though there's almost no way to quantify how much fun a defensive line is having, there has to be something to the idea that if you're not, like, comfortable and loose, you're just not performing at your your top level, right? You're not, uh... Yeah. You're not able to actually... And, I mean, if, if this isn't his top level, then I would really enjoy watching what it's like when he is playing at his top level. Yeah. Because he's been pretty good, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And then you've got, uh, yeah, and in sacks, knockdowns, and hits, if you add them all up, let's just say that's yep. a measure of uh, defensive end's talent. That's close to how uh, Pro Football Focus measures pressures, which is their, their favorite way to grade defensive ends. All right, well, you put those together. Brandon Graham, second in the NFL. That's right? really good. Pretty good. Yeah. You put him right between, who do you think? Von oh. Miller and Khalil Mack. Von Miller is number one. But not Khalil Mack. Not Khalil Mack. Justin Houston in just two games. (laughs) (laughs) Joey Bosa in just eight games. Number three is was a very trendy pick for kind of a defensive MVP this year, you know, preseason kind of uh, the guy who can do it all defensive lineman. Aaron Donald? Yeah, Aaron Donald is there. Number three there. Yeah. Aaron Donald got triple teamed last week. Like schemed into the... (laughs) Whoever was playing the Rams schemed into a triple team to keep him from getting to the quarterback. And it worked. It turns out it just takes three people to stop Aaron Donald from being able to do his thing. Yeah. Wow. All right, Nate, who else do you have? You got excuses from uh, Rodney McLeod and Jordan Hicks hanging around? Oh, you know, I think I (laughs) did have some. The problem with some of these people's uh, articles or their answers is the headline was a lot better than the story. And so they did ask all these players things, and they said things like, execution is important. Yeah, Mm, pretty um, standard. It said something like, Jordan Hicks reveals the secret, and then it was something like, execution is important, (laughs) or just need to focus, or take it one game at a time. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, Ronnie McLeod has been awesome from a fantasy standpoint. I see that he's sitting on your team in, the, in our league. That's right, like yeah. a whole bunch of Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to jump over to talking about safeties for a second, because um, speaking of the Philly area media, there was a writer uh, this week, I think, or maybe two weeks ago, and he was asking an important question, which is, are the Philly safeties elite? So... That was the question. It's an important one that comes up in a lot of position groups. It does. I yeah. have one in particular. Yep. Yeah, so he was saying, are they elite? This was leading into the Seattle game because okay. the gold standard was said to be the Seahawks yeah. tandem. Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor. <clears throat> That's, yeah. That may be the greatest safety pairing in professional football right now. Right. Well, yeah, and it would seem to be, but if you look at the fantasy stats, they're they're not mm. even they're not even in the conversation. The Seahawks safety does not put up stats this year. It's true. The Eagles, by that measure, they're second best actually. Um, if you take Rodney McLeod and Malcolm Jenkins, you average them out. They average yep. to be eleventh. So that's really good. McLeod's there at fourth. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Jenkins is at eighteen. So the only safety group that's better has been the Bucks, which is kind of weird. 
which is Chris Conti and that other guy I'd never heard of before who scored a bunch McDougal. of points, right? Yeah. Yeah, Brad, it. Bradley McDougal. Bradley McDougal. Who yeah. we talked about on the podcast. Or we'll talk about on the podcast, depending on if I remember which <laughs> session we talked about it. Man. I don't I honestly don't remember either, so but yeah, Rodney McLeod, now I know our listeners are far flung and they might not care about this area where we are, which is the DC fools. But yes, Beltway, Prince I mean George's listeners, County. not yeah. fools. Yeah, but Prince George's County, Rodney McLeod is from uh, Clinton, Maryland, and he went to DeMatha, uh, so DeMatha. down by Franklin, <laughs> Franklin's um, Restaurant, which is an excellent place if you in the yeah. area. Yes. So yeah, he went there. Um, other notable alumni... Byron and Brian Westbrook. Yeah. And Cameron Wake. I did not know this. I had no idea he went to DeMatha. I didn't know he was from Beltsville. Beltsville. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, if you're ever in Beltsville, think of Cameron Wake. (laughs) And um, Ronnie McLeod went to DeMatha. And he has been really good this year. Um, Although, in the past couple of weeks, the safe... I don't know. The whole Eagle secondary has been falling apart. Yes. Um, a yes, bit. it has. It's looked yeah. kind of atrocious. <clears throat> I do like the linebackers, but they've done basically nothing this year. Yeah. So Jordan true. Hicks we is were, my favorite. Yeah, we were big on Hicks last year. He had such a good season. <clears throat> he had such a good end to the season last year that yeah. it was hard to. Well, anyway, small sample sizes, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. <clears throat> They're doing a good job, but there's a there's really nothing really much to say positive or negative about the linebackers. Yeah. Gotta hope for better next year, I think. And then we've got the corners. What do you have to say about the corners? <laughs> I was going to skip them. I was going to propose that we yeah, skip we, them entirely. Well, we I'm basically saying we're skipping the linebackers because there's not much to say about them. But the corners may be... They haven't been good. No. No. Um... So they're basically the guy who's risen to the top of the corners is was a seventh round pick, I believe, this year. Yeah. So that's Jalen Mills. Yep. You might recognize him from the green hair. Yes. Yeah. Right. You ever see a guy who has really green hair, uh, kind of like Odell Beckham's hair, but green. But instead. green instead of yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Jalen Mills, and um, he's not that great. But he did do a good job covering Julio Jones. So that's something that's nice about the Eagles is they surprise in weird ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's Cover- that consistency. That's exactly. that, that high variance. So he covered Julio Jones very well. And then last week they played the Bengals without A.J. Green. And yeah, and they uh, gave up a lot of uh, passing yards, a lot of touchdowns. So, yeah, Jalen Mills is working on it. And his excuse... Um, after uh, I believe Jim Schwartz said that the defensive coordinator said that their corners aren't playing well, he said, "Well, hey, there are great athletes in this world that play football." <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, listen, you can't argue it. <laughs> can't argue I mean, with yeah. that. It's true. It's a statement. <laughs> yeah, and then we have some journeyman corners around, and we have. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Nolan Carroll and his okay. jersey number. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because he has gotten now the number 22. Yeah. And he's got a good reason for this, apparently. Um, his very first jersey number was four. Okay. Ever. Okay. So he likes four. That's where he's going for all along in his career. And he's a, when he's a first varsity game in high school, wherever he's going, he gets four. Okay. Yeah. So you can't have four in college. I guess he has 14 in college. Okay. okay. So that all works out well for him. And he goes to 
uh, NFL and uh, corners can't wear 14, I don't think. Right. I don't think so, no. so yeah, I don't think they can wear four either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. I, think, I think he's a little bit out of luck. So he tries, he says, I want 24. Okay, but good. But he can't have 24. I believe this is Miami. Okay. Um, Nolan Carroll was a corner at Miami. Um, so he says, okay, I'll take 28 because 8 divided by 2 is 4. Cool. Okay, that's, that's good. Cool. Yeah, I like that. So if you remember when that, that Jets coach tripped a player yes huh? that was nolan carroll wearing 28 okay <laughs> oh boy <laughs> so when he comes to the eagles he gets 23 because i guess because three is close to four <laughs> sure two, three four yeah two three four and yeah, this year your mind fills in the right number <laughs> yeah maybe he's got the best possible outcome this year he got 22 yes and two plus two is four that's pretty solid yeah. brilliant he's nailed it so, yeah, unless you want to talk about backups, that's Not all really. I've got about the <laughs> Eagles defense. I have a little bit about Eagles. One offensive player all right. has nothing to do with anything else. It is uh, Doriel Greenbeckham. Yes. Huh? So he's a wide receiver, and uh, he plays for the Eagles. He's, I think, the cousin of Odell Beckham. He's yes. James and I, I believe, in the past have referred, decided that he is the cousin of both. AJ Green, Green and, and Doriel Beckham. I'm sorry. And, and, oh, God, that's his name. Odell Beckham. Yeah. I hope which so. Which is not true, but it would be nice if it was true. <laughs> would be nice it would be awesome if he had the best of both. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so he, I don't want to speak too badly of him in case he's listening, but uh, he's working on the wide receiver position. Uh huh. <laughs> so that's one side of his struggle. Uh, but another one is that I think. I don't know what, if you guys remember, it was last week or two weeks ago when they had the uh, My Cleats, My Cause. Yes. Yes. I believe that was last week, but I'm not sure. It was last week. Because, so what, so what, how would you guys describe that? They basically relaxed their horrible <laughs> restrictions on what footwear the NFL players yeah. can have and allowed them to put charity messages on their cleats. Such a magnanimous gesture from the leadership of the NFL. So wouldn't you say it's basically like controlled fun, right? It's like, it's, it's controlled heavily, something. I don't know policed. if I'd call it fun, right? So Brian Cushing's got the American flag and he's supporting, you know, whatever like psychotic veterans. people of America. Yeah. Like he is, <laughs> and you know, everybody's got you know Ronald McDonald House or something like that. Yeah. So Doriel Greenbeckham was just fined, I believe, a day or two ago, because back then he <laughs> talked to a reporter. He was wearing cleats that had been styled by Kanye West in some way. Okay. Cool. And the reporter said, what are these cleats for, for your um, cause this week? And he said, they're for the Yeezy Foundation. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Is that a thing? So because he talked to a reporter, <laughs> they, just, they, they looked at <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. It doesn't exist. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty great. So he's facing a fine. Well, then... <laughs> Perfect. Good job, NFL. <laughs> this is a thing that matters and that we should care about. Sure. <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. All right. I think that that's got to wrap it up for the Eagles. <laughs> okay. The perfect place. Um, but let's talk Washington. James, what do you got? What I've got for you is this. Josh Norman rode in on his horse. So the defense got better, of course. But because of time-sharing, fantasy points come sparing. Still, a few players I will endorse. Okay. Specifically three. Three players I will endorse. All right. I will endorse the horseman himself. That makes Josh sense. Norman. And He's I great. think we covered this last year, but... Yeah, basically. basically. Josh Norman has a horse, and he loves the horse, and it's a... Uh, 
it's a statue of a horse that generals would ride on in days of yore. Yes. So, so I mean, that there's nothing else to say about that. I mean, you almost don't need fantasy analysis at that point. Yeah. And he gets, like, 40 bonus points from his horse every week anyway, so it's definitely worth owning. Uh, the other one is actually another cornerback, which is weird, I know, but Bashad Breland has been playing just in that sweet spot of not actually good in real life, but good enough to score a lot of fantasy points, yeah, which unlike, is always uh, fun. Unlike Parrish Cox, who we recommended two or three weeks ago, he probably won't be cut. Yeah, he's <laughs> almost know. certainly not going to get cut. <laughs> that's not great. It's not a great endorsement for us, but that's the point well, but that's of this the, podcast. That's the thing about quarterbacks. You, know, you need you bad have ones. You to have one that gets yeah. targeted enough to get the tackles, which means they have to be kind of bad. Yeah. <laughs> Bashad Breland, you're not... You're Kind of bad, but in the best possible way. Keep on keeping on. You're doing he's, great. He's all right amongst yeah. amongst the bad ones. The only other person I want to recommend on this team is Will Compton. He's the the middle linebacker right now, and he's scoring 20th in our linebacker points. He's actually hurt right now, but the point is, is that uh, if you were going to own a linebacker on Washington, you would want to own Will Compton. And then I don't want to recommend anybody else on this team, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I don't want to recommend Trent Murphy because in the last three games, he's only been on the field for just more than half of the defensive snaps that Washington has taken. But but have you clicked on him to see his beard? I have clicked on him to see his beard. It does look like a bunch of ginger bees are hanging out on his face, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And if our league would finally vote on the... Giving points extra bonus po- giving players extra bonus points for having sweet facial hair rule that we've proposed every year, then I would definitely recommend him. You know what we should do yeah. next year? Since this podcast is already off the rails a little bit. Yes. We should do a fantasy league where the only judgment is on how much a player's beard improves from the beginning Getting of the to year the end. to the end of the year. Because it's... I saw Eric Weddle's beard, and it is awesome. His, and I don't think his he had beard, a beard is, in San Diego. He did not. Last no, year. his beard is truly spectacular. <laughs> this is great. It'll be like judging the before and after portraits of presidents, except yeah. it'll be better because they won't look like they're husks of the men that they started as yeah, when they started like the they job. Got locked out in the wilderness for yeah. four months, which is basically what happens. Which is basically what happens when you play professional football. But um, my point about Trent Murphy is that in his first three games this year, he scored 18.5, 10.5, and 10 points. And since then, has only scored more than six points once. So it's just not, he's not, it's too high variance there. He does not get tackles, and he is completely dependent on sacks. And teams have started to figure out how Washington's offense defense works. So it's uh, not a safe bet getting him, although he looks good because he scored so many points early in the season. He was, he was very usable at the beginning of the yes, year. Yes, but so. don't be fooled now. Don't do it. It's a I trap. Really, I really hope next year we can recommend Sua Cravens with his bizarre yeah. safety linebacker <clears throat> position eligibility if they keep that. Yeah, but, uh, me too. I really thought long and hard about trying to find a way to legitimately recommend him to you, but other than the fact yeah, that his name is awesome and his player eligibility is awesome, uh, it's just not, he's not actually good. Yeah. So, it's sad. Which is a yeah. downside. Yeah. All right, so who's going to win this game? Obviously, defense is going to win this game. Obviously, Washington's defense is going to win this game. I don't know how you feel about that, Nate. Well, Strike mean, that. I know how you feel about that, I mean, Nate. You said at the beginning, that Eagles defense is the fourth best in the league, right? Wasn't that the it's true. Best, so. Yeah. I believe that between the defenses that I would really, honestly, actually going outside of my usual kind of feelings, I would say that the Eagles defense will would win over the Washington defense. 
especially considering the matchups. In my saner moments, I also believe that. But <laughs> I also believe that Washington has real wide receivers, whereas the Eagles don't. And That, uh, I think, was going to play against the strength of Josh Norman, though. Ah. Right? Because he's too good. Of, what's he doesn't, he gonna do? what's he is do? the point of having Josh Norman? You know that yeah. <laughs> if he's going to cover. That's a Nelson really Aguilar. excellent point. You know what they say? It's uh, you know the veterans. They're they'd much rather go up against another veteran because they know what a veteran is going to do. They don't want to play against a rookie because they have no idea what the rookie is going to do because he hasn't been taught how to be a proper football player yet. So you know you always got to worry about the guys that don't know anything. Just like mm. us. Just like us and that brings us to the pickups james it's playoff time in our league that's right week 14 or whatever we're in i think it's 14 that sounds right to me yeah let's uh let's suggest some some players okay i will start off last week i suggested michael johnson defensive end picked him up for my team yeah he scored one point yeah so i'm gonna warn you that i'm trying to pick up the next person i suggest for my team this week yeah so he may score one point as well but that player that i am suggesting is james bradbury cornerback for the carolina panthers in his last four weeks he has not had fewer than six tackles and they're playing against san diego who loves to throw I think that he should at least get one more good week, maybe three, given that his next couple are Washington and Atlanta, and they both kind of love to throw too. So I think he's a pretty good bet if you're looking for a cornerback replacement because you, in my case, are finally sick of Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie scoring two points a week. I think that is as good an option as any for safe cornerback production out there. Seems pretty good. How about a linebacker for you? Always looking for those linebackers here down the stretch. This one's going to sound weird, because I've never heard of this man before, but Nick Kwiatkowski. Yeah. Yeah, there's a TK in there that's a little hard to say, but Kwiatkowski. Anyway, linebacker for the Chicago Bears, Danny Trevathan, hurt. Jarrell Freeman, suspended. And so, somebody has to fill in that role, and it is Kwiatkowski. Uh, He has not been very quiet on the field. As he's racked up, uh, he had nine tackles in his last outing, and uh, he's looks to be uh, sort of cemented in that middle linebacker position until the Bears sort themselves out from injury or suspension. And I don't know. I mean, he's actually playing pretty well, uh, so the, they, he might even have just uh, earned himself a starting job. My my point is is that for the next two weeks. During the playoffs, for instance, yeah. he will probably get at least nine, ta- you know, somewhere in the nine, eight to ten tackles per game uh, while we wait for Trevathan to heal and Freeman to not be suspended quite so much. You know, just a little less. Just suspended. a little less suspended. He could still be suspended, just less. Just That's less. all we're looking for. Yeah. James, some players that are in their playoffs may be looking for a safety replacement for poor Earl Thomas. Yeah. Unfortunately, most of the safeties out there are pretty terrible, but there are some that are less terrible than others. That's good. That sounds like a good starting place. So, firstly, and I, th- I think there's this is a player that I've almost suggested every week. I think I'm going to just go ahead and do it. Issa Abdul Quotas, Cutis, maybe. Nice. Of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. 
He's had pretty reliable production. I think he's a relatively safe pick. Doesn't have a lot of kind of double-digit weeks. In fact, he hasn't had one since week one. Um, But relatively safe. If you want less safe, I'm kind of intrigued by Duke Iannaccio on Washington. There you go. Getting some play time on Washington. Yes, indeed. Uh, We liked him last year. And he hasn't done much this year until last week when he did at least something. He got a decent number of tackles. And uh, I don't know. You know, I think if you're throwing darts at the safety position, why not Duki Anacho? If you want the least safe safety, highest upside, least safe safety possible, Keith Tandy, Tampa Bay. Now, I know what you're going to say. He was averaging something like one point a week until last week. And uh, that's true. That's definitely true. But last week, 11 and a half. And the reason for that is because Chris Conti got hurt. Yeah. So especially if you can also grab Chris Conti, which you might be able to because he's not great either. Nope. Um, I think this is a good pair. I think that the safety at Tampa Bay will provide you inconsistent and decent production. And you can just basically play whichever of them looks like they're going to be healthiest. And I think that's a reasonable, another reasonable Earl Thomas. I mean, obviously, like, you're not going to pick up a person off the waiver and get Earl Thomas production unless you just get lucky on an interception. And there's a lot of safeties who can get you that interception, potentially. But uh, I think that's another good option. Let me bring you a defensive tackle here. We don't talk about it much, but again, going into this playoff stretch, you need all the advantages you can get. And Damon Harrison of the New York Giants, part of the big uh, the big Giants spend on defensive free agents this offseason that everybody that many of the sports pundits were criticizing as an unnecessary spend for a paltry <laughs> upgrade, is currently the second best scoring defensive tackle in our uh, in our scoring system. And he's actually produced really good numbers for a defensive tackle all year. He's even produced he's three double-digit games, and uh, most of his games he scores at least five points, which from the defensive tackle position is crazy. Um, and, you know, coming up against Dallas, another team that likes to run the ball, lots of chances for tackles there. Definitely lots of chances. I, lots I agree of chances. with the, the premise. There's, yeah. a, there's opportunity anyway. I will also say that Damon Harrison only has recorded one and a half sacks on the season. Most of his point production comes from tackles, not from sacks, so it's kind of it's he's uh it's a little bit safer where the points come from and if he happens to get a sack then bonus land and you do love bonus land everybody loves bonus it's the land. best land to get to yeah especially in the playoffs thank you for listening to the impenetrable fortress podcast our theme in interstitial music is dear liza by ned and the dirt you can get their album for people for christmas it's sure true can. You can. You can do. What's the name of that album? Oh, man. There's there's a couple, actually. Giants is the older one. They've got one called Wild Pack Haunt These Woods. And uh, allegedly maybe working on another one for this summer, though you probably can't get that one for Christmas. That's not going to stop me from trying. These guys are great. Yeah, I and mean, then... you can just do a rain check. Yeah, yeah how many different situation. ways can I buy this album? I, a lot. I mean, I don't know. I mean, can you even buy albums anymore? That's not totally clear. But I believe they've got CD Baby, I believe they've got iTunes, and I believe that there are various other options. Yes. You can just send money to them. <laughs> you can. Okay. In the mail. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll mail it back to you, probably. This one's a little weird, but if you can find a pine cone and hollow it out, put the money inside it, 
Then, while facing east during a full moon, burn it in a pyre while whispering Ned in the dirt over and over again. And within three to five business days, one of their albums will show up on your doorstep. That's how James got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, since we're recording this after the Thursday night game, I feel like the hit of the week should be from the Friday game, or from the Thursday game, <laughs> and uh, I kind of like the idea of, unless you have one, I kind of like the idea of two I turnovers watched. leading to three points. Yeah, <laughs> that was just, weird. Just to say that at the, the beginning of the second half, the Raiders got two turnovers in scoring position and managed three points out of it. That's pretty bad. And it's due to Kansas City just crushing everyone the whole time. That defense. Justin Houston coming back. I mean, that defense... Is good regardless, but Justin Houston coming back has really lit a fire under them in a way that is fun to watch, unless you like points getting scored, in which case it's not fun to watch. But we don't. No, because we do this (laughs) podcast. I have a a hit that's not exactly a hit. Okay. And you guys can be free to edit this one out, because maybe this is more for like the kind of non-violent, you know, not liking to hurt people type of thing. Uh Khalil Mack actually is doing something really nice sometimes where he hits the ball. And so he did this against okay. Alex Smith. He's really got a technique for this. The announcers noticed that he had a whole kind of progression of moves where he hit the ball out of Alex Smith's hand, and then he tried to pick it up and run right away, all sort of in one continuous motion. Nice. Um, he didn't end up picking it up, but a different Raider yeah, did. So it that. all worked out well. Yeah. So his strip sack thing, hitting the ball. All right. Way to go. I like it. I watched hitting two minutes traditional of football <laughs> in the face or in the ball. All right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. New slogan. Hitting traditional football in the ball. The official (laughs) motto of this podcast. All right, we will try to remember that next week. We will edit that out, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible. I think that will do it. Us, we will be back next week. From Alan. And James. And Nate. Stay Stay low. low.